0: Blog Talk Radio. This is the show that has hosted everyone from Sugar Ray Leonard to Keith One Time Thurman. This is Tough Talk Tonight, brought to you by Heavy Bag Boxing.
1: Thank you for joining another Tough Talk Tuesday. As always, I'm your host, Lucas Biggers. Alongside me will be Sakura as well as Rob. How's it going, guys? All right. Thank you guys. Having some technical difficulties here. Um, you guys hear me?
2: Yeah, I can. Man,
1: I don't know what Blog Talk's issue is, but they're about to lose us again.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's going on, Rob?
2: What's up, buddy?
1: I guess we're not the only one having some issues. Um, Me and you the only one on, currently. Nope.
0: Uh, let's see. There, Lucas? Lucas? Hello?
1: All right. Hey, y'all. I'm Can delays you some, uh, <laughs> some technical difficulties. We are off to a go. Uh, welcome to the Tough Talk Tuesday. Or, I'm sorry, Tough Talk. As always, I'm your host, Lucas Biggers, alongside me will be Rob and Sakura, and we do have a special guest with us, Mark Reyes, Jr. How's it going,
0: Mark? Hey, how you guys doing?
1: Great, good to have you on the show. Um, Now, I know you're down there uh, in Florida with our girl, Sakura. Um, She's really talked you up. Um, I'm going to actually let her begin this conversation. So, uh, (laughs) Sakura, whenever you're ready.
3: Oh, hi, Mark. How you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing well, Shakira. Thank
3: you. Great, great. So, yeah, man. I, well, I wasn't a fan until I like I I like the filling things that you were doing, and um, with the children's cancer center and um, talking to kids from you know middle age. I guess you're middle school and stuff. Um, and so that, that what got me interested in you really. And then I got invited to see one of your, uh, boxing events, uh, one of your bouts. And I tell you, I was like blown away because listen, there's nothing I love more than somebody that goes to the body. So to me, I'm like, Oh, I get it now. He's a kind hearted assassin. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh Go ahead.
0: No, uh, you know, body work is always something, uh, you know, it's like putting a little bit of money each time in the bank before you know it. You know, you got a nice chunk of change left over.
3: Oh, yeah. And that's that's the thing I was going to ask you is, like, how are you – how is it that you could have such a contrast from being so kind-hearted outside of the ring and doing humanitarian um you know volunteer work and things like that, and then when you get in the ring, it's like bam, total killer
0: <laughs> you gotta um you gotta be able to flip the switch uh this is one of the things that growing up, you know being in the sport uh it teaches you, and one of those things that I learned early on was that there's uh there, there's almost a transition when it comes to the week of the fight you know there's a there, there's a transition from you know how you uh, how you focus and and almost have tunnel vision um for just just the fight and to be able to focus on that and and um you know make sure that you come in ready to perform you know at the end of it there's still a there's still a guy in there with two fists and a brain and you know he's going to try to use those those assets as best as he can to best you and you know um in this sport, you only have that opportunity to, to you know, do your best, shine, and, and make a statement and look impressive.
3: Right, right. Um, so you got a fight coming up soon. Um, it's actually um, a Roy Jones boxing promotion card. Um, can you give us some information about that?
0: So this next fight will be February 16th at the St. Key Coliseum. Uh, it'll be hosted by um White Hook Promotions with um Roy Jones Junior promotions and uh it'll be networked the the network that we we'll, that's gonna be covering is UFC Fight Pass. And that's uh the event oh, okay. starts at a, yes, and the event starts at four PM and uh six PM until eight PM.
3: So are you nervous?
0: No. This is work. Um <laughs> i say just very, you know, very eager to get in there and, and see how the outcome, you know, see what the outcome is and, you know, eager to just perform and, and see everybody that's there in attendance that supports me and is looking forward to, to seeing me um, come out and get another victory and, and impress the fans. Okay. Um, so tell me, do
3: you know um, some information on your opponent this time around?
0: No, um, so far I think we got locked in. He's um, eight and zero, uh, another uh, undefeated guy, eight and zero from Brazil. Okay. As far as anything else, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just gonna, you know, make sure that I come in as prepared as I, as I, as I always do, and you know, be ready for whatever comes my way, and be ready to make any adjustments.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, So you are boxing out of um, Tampa, Florida. Um, Can you tell us what it's like to be a boxer in the Tampa Bay area where there's so much talent and so many gyms and uh, ready aspiring partners? It's great. I I would say
0: that growing up in the area definitely helped out a lot. And, you know, being here all my life, I've come to meet some great fighters, some great coaches, and a lot of people that are just you know eager to see me to see me excel and you know be the best version of myself in the ring every time. And uh, sometimes we get some great sparring. Uh, sometimes the sparring gets a little rough, gets a little hard, and then I can the end of it, you know, two guys they they hug each other and you know get good work. So that's, uh, that's the bottom line is that everybody gets good work, and um, you know we're we're. Or we're pushing each other and you know, that's all I can ask for.
3: Yes, definitely. Um, can you who else is on the card with you guys, um that evening?
0: I know Connor Coyle is gonna be on. He's uh, from Ireland, he's been on a, a card already with me, which was the last fight that I had. Um, I believe there's gonna be uh Antonio and Antonio Tarakin as well. And maybe one more local fighter that I know of. Um so there'll be four local fighters uh, you know, on that card uh that, that night that are you know pretty good headliners, I would say. Right. Including myself.
3: So guys, do anybody have any other questions for um M R J tonight? Uh Lucas?
1: I do kind of want to get some background. Um, I've been watching your fights that are available on YouTube. And I got to say, you know, you're very patient when you get somebody hurt. But
0: you, uh, when,
1: when you throw, you definitely throw with some authority. Who are some of your uh,
0: inspirations coming up? And there's so many. That's a good question. Uh, so growing up, you know, Roy Jones ultimately was my favorite fighter of all time. And when Roy came out to fight, every time, you know, he was in shape, he didn't throw punches to just play around. You know, he, he set things up, he used his speed, and, you know, he used the power when, when uh, you know, at the times that he needed to execute. And, you know, he got guys out of there. And, um, you know, I like that explosive power. That was always something that caught my attention. And when I watched videos of people, I uh, mostly watch Origins as a kid growing up. Okay.
1: And uh, for those who haven't seen Mark Reyes fight, um, I'm watching him, and trust me, he's definitely a fan, a friendly fighter. But uh, for the fans, why don't you kind of describe your style?
0: The best way I can describe my style is I'm going to give you what you want to see but I do it in the best way to make sure that at the end of my career in this sport, I still have my brain intact and, uh, I still think for myself.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a good way to put it. Uh, from what I've seen, it's like, uh, uh, quite a bit of the sweet science with a pinch of Mike Tyson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I see some of that aggression. Well, you, you Bring, exactly, you gotta bring that for us. You know? If you're not there if you're not there to to you know to hurt in a hurting sport uh you know you could have a short career
1: oh yeah definitely and um what what is it about you that you're able to keep a, a cool head when you do see somebody hurt like that it's it's uh
0: experience timing you know get in, you rush into things, and you know, I, I'm sure you guys have seen very, you know, we've uh, some guys they get someone hurt, and they try to jump on them right away, they throw someone punches, they get caught, and before they know it, they're the ones hurt, they're the ones backing up, and they're the ones on the brink of being stopped. So, you know, there's it, a lot of things that go into it with, when you get someone hurt, and number one thing is, you still gotta keep a level head. Make sure you're not exposing yourself to things that you shouldn't be, and um, you don't want to be susceptible to taking shots that that you shouldn't be getting hit with in the first place. Um, and then secondly, um, you don't you know you don't want to waste punches, you want to take the right spot and you know take the right stuff to getting the man out of there accordingly uh,
1: definitely. I mean you seem like a more seasoned fighter than your record shows. Um, how was your amateur career? Uh, amateurs, I
0: didn't have many fights. I had I about forty, forty-five, forty-six 45, 46 amateur fights. Um, but I, what I did, um, it's a thankful of my dad for, for, you know, putting that on me to, to go ahead and start competing in national tournaments at the time that I had about eight fights. Uh, normally 10 fights, uh, or more, you'd be considered in a, you know, like an open fighter and you could go and fight in those tournaments. But, um, I had my eight, I had my 8th, ninth, and 10th fight in a, in a national tournament, and I played 2nd. It was uh, 2010. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah right. um, hey,
1: Rob, do you have any questions?
0: Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I was just going uh, <clears> to... <throat> excuse me. Hey, this is Robert with the heavy bag. I was just going to touch on your amateur career a little bit because it does look like you had actually a pretty good amateur career because you won three national titles here in the United States, as well as uh, it looks like uh, two national titles in Puerto Rico. Um, How is it different fighting in the United States and within Puerto Rico? Um, Because one of my favorite fighters are Puerto Rican fighters. So you kind of had the best of both worlds, having two different uh, style fighters there. So, what what is it like in the difference between fighting in the U.S. and uh, Puerto Rico? Uh,
0: one of the first things that I I fought here in the U.S. and I won the three national tournaments here, first. and then when I went to Puerto Rico, I uh, uh, had already won you know the the tournaments here. So, one of the biggest differences to me was the, the style of fighting. Uh, Puerto Rico, the guys, you know, it's, it's, it's they're, they're a little bit more professional style with the fact that they take their time, they place punches, and um, and they keep their hands up. You know, a lot of guys in the amateurs here, they uh, they like to look good, they like to like to um, you know pity pile a lot. You know, just try to try to do something that's pleasing to the judges by by throwing a lot of punches. Um, at least when I was an amateur, that's how the scoring was you up and. Um, you know, so that was the that was the main difference was the fact that you got guys that are equal when it comes to where they're placing their shots, the timing of everything. So uh, I feel like that 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 helped me evolve as well as a like, uh seeing and you know being in the ring and experiencing that.
2: Yeah, I think that's what what shows within your patience there, um, and your ability to get you know behind the guard and be able to get those knockouts that you do get. Um, you also um, you also were training for the Olympics back in two thousand and sixteen but you had to back out of that because of an injury. Um how how was that injury and in overcoming all of that and the fact that you weren't able to participate in the Olympics helped you throughout your career on overcoming obstacles?
0: So with the with with the 2016 Olympics, I was uh, trying to I was going to compete for for the trials, and I suffered a, an injury to my left elbow um, during the you know one of the last mornings before before leaving. So we had to cancel it, and um, you know it turns out it was it, it was like something in the tendon that was um, strained or torn, and you know had to just basically take time. So I had to take, you know, I think it took three, four months off, and we decided, we decided to just go ahead and, you know, turn pro, make my pro debut, and look impressive. Um, It was hard. Was that was easy to give up on the Olympic dream, winning a gold medal, representing? being able to get that exposure, ultimately, you know, a lot of these guys that that were Olympians, they got great exposure. They got great, you know, they got they got a great great promoters behind them early on. So, you know, I I, I realized what I was coming into. Uh, I didn't have any of that. So I pretty much had to just work everything from the from the ground up. And um, it's it's just it's made me it's made me better as a person and as a fighter, uh, a bit hungrier. And, you know, just because I didn't make it to the Olympics, you know, there's a lot of guys that have never even had a good amateur career and became world champions. Um, and ultimately, you know, my, my goal is to give back to my family first and my community and the people, you know, the people that support me. So becoming a world champion is just one more one more accomplishment and being able to do so.
2: Right. Um, and you also have been um... – a little more active uh, throughout your career recently, especially within last the last couple of years. Last year you fought about three times. So is that the goal for you now is to get that um, exposure more? And are you um, wanting to fight outside of uh, Tampa or outside of Florida to get that
0: exposure? So definitely the team and myself, we feel like,
3: uh, you know, the the
0: amount of fights that I've been having, uh, through my career so far, it just it hasn't been enough. We wanted to get at least four uh, fights every year, um, but it just hasn't happened for one thing or another. If there's issues with getting an opponent, issues with um, you know promoters or a- and anything like that, you know. And we just we we try to we try to stay ready, try to keep it moving. Um, sometimes you know great opportunities come around. I got called for. Uh, the undercard of Luis Ortiz and Deontay Wilder, when um, they fought, and I had already signed a contract to fight three days after. You know, so that was something that was really sweet. I ended up, you know, fighting here with everybody in my hometown. But it would have been nice, you know, being able to take that opportunity and and, and getting that uh, exposure on a on a different level. But soon enough, you know, these these opportunities will come more frequently, and we'll be able to take that. You know, the team, myself, uh, we feel like I'm ready for for the challenges that anybody can bring at, at at 147, and you know, eager to eager to see what what comes my way.
2: Yeah, definitely, um, definitely, you'll get that exposure as your career comes around. Um, fights like undercars or Deontay Wilder fights, stuff like that, that is a huge opportunity. But I do understand you wanting to put it on for the home crowd, especially when you've already sold those tickets. So I definitely understand that. Um I wish you nothing but the best though. Those those are pretty much the questions that I just wanted to elaborate on. But uh we look forward to your next knockout.
0: Oh thank
3: you <laughs> Okay, Mark. Well, I just wanted to give you the opportunity because I know it was a big thing that you get the opportunity to talk about your bobbleheads and um, how the sale of that was going to go to one of your um, one of your charities that you, did, you know, yes. that you in, so, like,
0: Okay. in uh, Okay. Uh, thank you. Um, so we'll have, uh, we'll still have the bobbleheads available for purchase. Um, you can contact us through Instagram, uh, Team MRJ Boxing, as well as uh, at the fight, at the venue, we will have bobbleheads available for purchase. And uh, 100% of the proceeds will be going to the Children's Cancer Center of St. Joseph. And we'll be presenting that check to them, um, you know, uh, a couple weeks after the fight. So this will pretty much be the, one of the last opportunities we have to be able to sell as many as we can and be able to make a, a credible uh, donation. So anything that anybody can, can help with, we, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, myself and the team. That's
1: great. And, um, uh, we definitely, if you get any kind of links or anything, uh, throw them on to me and we'll definitely get them out on our social media as well. Thanks.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, it's well, been a thanks pleasure. So yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank you guys. Thanks for coming on the show, Mark. And, uh, Hope to uh, talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Very soon.
3: Bye. Bye-bye. bye Thanks.
0: Bye-bye.
1: All right. Here on Tough Talk, I always love having uh, up-and-coming fighters and uh, definitely exciting ones. And uh, it, he has that exciting style that you would like to see. Uh, if you have not seen Mark Rez fight, definitely get him on uh, YouTube there and, and search his name, and then go out and actually buy a ticket there. Uh, he's going to be fighting in St. Petersburg Coliseum there in St. Petersburg. Um, I'm sure we'll have more information if you stick to our social media at Happy Bag Boxing, whether you're on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, guys, we got a what was set to be a super weekend of fights. Um, unfortunately, Abner Mora's got hurt. And now we're kind of Let with this um, Not bad (laughs) Hard necessarily But the main event has taken a a, Kind of a poop Uh, We got (laughs) Javante Davis Supposed to be fighting But in his place Hugo Ruiz Who actually just fought literally last month Hugo Ruiz Fought on the undercard for Pacquiao Bronner, And now he's scheduled to fight again So is he ready? I mean, obviously he's probably still in shape. Uh, he had a unanimous decision against a uh, pretty stiff competition. Is this uh-huh. not really kind of a dangerous fight though, for Javante Davis to take? I mean, the guy is tall. You go Ruiz, we're looking at five, nine. He has a reach of 70 inches. Javante Davis is pretty short. He's only five, five and reach about 67 and a half. I mean, To me, this is still a dangerous fight. Mm -hmm. If Hugo Ruiz Um, uses his height and advantage, he could definitely cause some problems for Javante Davis, not to mention Javante Davis spent most of his training camp preparing for Abner Morris, which is definitely not Hugo Ruiz.
2: Only Lucas would find find that to be a danger to Javante Davis. Listen, the guy just oh fought we just fought on the undercard of Adrian Broner and, and Pacquiao. So he literally just fought on a card. And to me, that's just poor planning for the promotion. I understand Mars did kinda of drop out late in the game. I understand that. But you gotta have a replacement ready. We've seen this a million times and we've seen guys take fights on week no on like a week notice but never got just coming off of a fight literally a month ago. So to me, that's I a mean, very poor plan for them. And no, there's there it's not dangerous for Tank. <laughs> oh. But let me even elaborate. <laughs> well, come on. Let, let me elaborate on that a little <laughs> bit further, though. It's, it's, hey. what, it's what Javante Davis needs, okay, because he wasn't ready for Abner Marez. Yeah, you may be right there. You,
3: you may know, be I know. was about to say that. I was going to say he's the one that's been inactive, and I think that's why it's dangerous for him when you're dealing with someone um, like Ruiz that is has been active. So I feel like I'm with Lucas. I agree with him. So I don't know where you're coming up with this stuff, Rob. I don't have time for this tonight. You know this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, so you know, you just yeah, thought but... a month ago.
3: But you got you to gotta remember these
1: throwback fighters, man. They were fighting all the time like this. There wasn't no... Exactly. You know, no two times. People can fight more than two times a year. Mm. I mean, we can fight eight, ten times if if they're motivated, um, especially an up-and-comer. And you know what? Props to Hugo Ruiz because he said he won a, a great fight against Alberto Glavera uh, back on that undercard of Paco Bronner. And that earned him this spot. I mean, he earned himself this shot. So... Anybody looking past him, I mean, I, I hope for Davis. He's not, you know. Lucas, I'm not denying that he,
2: he earned his shot. I'm How sorry. Go ahead, secure.
3: Call is Devontae Davis again. I'm. I'm not in front of my
1: five team. five. I believe. Hang on. And, uh, and
3: and this guy's like five nine. Rue, Rue yeah. is like five
1: nine. Yeah, I mean that's that's a big difference. Um, you got. At least yeah. well, about three and a half to four inches of uh difference in height and then a solid three and a half for reach. I mean, yeah, maybe Ruiz doesn't use his his height like that, but it's still a big guy, you know. And mm-hmm. say he don't he don't put on more weight after the weigh in and able to maybe even keep up with Javante's bullying tactics. Man, you guys already mentioned right. as you did Rob that it's been a while, you know. He's, he hasn't fought right. since April of last year. This is almost
2: – we're, we're <laughs> going to be going on 10 months. I mean, it's a big layout. Yeah. Right, which is why he wasn't ready for a big fight like Marez. But look, yeah, this guy earned a shot a month ago. He's not ready for a guy <laughs> like Javante Davies. That's for one. And for two – this is from the same guy who thought Canelo's last opponent, I don't even remember his name, had a shot to beat Canelo. I digress.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> listen, boy. Listen See, here. Now you want to go back and bring up the past. Oh, my Lord. And you are not the one to be bringing up the past because we could bring out some things on you, too, Rob.
1: <laughs> listen here. I said if he was able, we didn't even know uh, what he could fight like. So. Just because you know Canelo went up and got we still do don't we don't we didn't know what he could fight like. All I knew was that he was tall and actually bigger than Canelo. Um, apparently, he doesn't know how to use his height. So, at least I have seen Hugo fight recently, and I know he's he's a decent all around good fight. Um, I couldn't say the same <laughs> for Canelo. Uh, upon it that he just grabbed and vacated, which we'll be talking about that here in a minute. Well but,
3: plus I see it as it's a Mexican, so it might be some Mexican style and he's gonna have to be aggressive with Tank, because Tank's gonna be trying to be aggressive, so I'm I'm ready to see this. This might be a better fight than the Marez fight. Very I'm well saying.
1: could be. And as much as you say he's not maybe not ready for Mares, I, I don't know. I think Morris would have kinda played in the hands of Davis. He likes to trade, and, I mean, he's going to be right there, right in front of Davis all night. Uh, Hugo Ruiz is not. I'm still going to watch the fight, and I'm still excited, but obviously it's not the two big names that we would have liked to see. Now, guys, um, I actually like there's some sneaky good fights on this, and you guys might not even know about this undercard. Um, Javier Fortuna, that's uh, Rob's guy right there. You know you like you some Javier Fortuna.
0: <laughs>
1: he's taking on, yeah. uh, get get this, Sharif Bogir. That's a name that you have not heard in a long time. Am I right?
3: <laughs> oh, you're definitely right. Did, I'm. Didn't, that's not, didn't he, he go on here? the Milton Dave Park? Chappelle? He He needed to be on the Milk Boxer series for real. And I don't know why you guys didn't hook me up with that name because he would be on a Milk Boxer.
2: (laughs) Yeah, didn't he go on the Dave Chappelle tour in Africa again? (laughs) Sharif, uh, he didn't stop,
1: you know. Um, He's gone. He lost to that Richard Abreu way back in the day, uh, back in 2013. But Richard Abreu is just one of those fighters that he makes everybody look ugly. Um, and he has not friend-friendly style whatsoever, um, is not engaging. You know, he's a, a stick and i am moving all day kind of guy. And since that loss, he still just went on a rampage since. I mean, he has not lost. So he is now sitting on a 32-1 and record. 20 of those wins by KO, I mean, he's he's only really lost. And and Richard Abril, I mean, this is this dude is he's a freak one for the division he's in. Poor Sharif Bouguer, he's he's five six. And uh, Richard Abreel is uh freakishly tall. I thought he was somewhere around six foot and he's um actually a little over five nine too, so he he makes people look small. That's when it's in his division. And uh, he held on to that belt for a while. Mm. Um, but regardless, I digress, this is uh, a great fight. And I already know what you're going to say, Rob. Uh, I, <laughs> you're expecting Fortuna to just wipe the floor with Pogar?
2: Well, you know, um, in Fortuna's last fight, he, he got hurt with a freak uh, accident
3: in really? a fight that really? I actually Did he? in a Did fight he that, really? in a in a fight <laughs> Did he that he really I rob? actually I think. Wait. Okay, all right, a, I'm you know that's fight. not true. You know he started getting tagged and all of a sudden you know he he was just I I, I don't believe he was hurt at all.
2: No, no, I disagree. Um, his style, Fortuna's style, always is. That rock 'em sock 'em style. He'll take punches. He will take punches. Now we all know that, and he can also dish him out. And I actually liked the style that he was fighting that night. I liked the way he was fighting that night. I liked his chances. Granted, he was yes, he was getting hit hard. He was getting hit with some real hard shots.
3: I, I like, was he was winning them as well. Well, who was winning when he just when he when he fell out of the ring? Who was winning the fight? <laughs> it You're was
2: kidding. a freak. It was a freak accident. It was a freak I, that's
3: accident. That's not what I asked you. That's not what you I asked you. could say he you. was pushed. I, <laughs> Rob, I asked you, who was winning the fight? Bravo, I believe that was Oscar Bravo. Bravo or Fortuna at the time when he fell out of the damn ring?
2: Well, we never know because it didn't go to the scorecard. So we don't know who was winning the fight, really, okay, to the in, was, Lucas, in your was, opinion, who was <laughs> the
3: fight?
2: It was Granados, a Chicago-born Granados,
3: boy. And Granados
1: right. was whipping that ass um, when he fell out of the ring. Uh, I think he should have won that no disqualification shit. Bullshit, <laughs> but, you know,
0: no decision,
2: whatever. Anyway, to shit. finish... <laughs> To to finish my point. Um yeah, the, the, the guy the, the his Fortuna's opponent is now only had the one defeat. But the man's been on the Chitolin circuit fighting people from from all the way Amazing. to Africa to God to God knows where. Oh I guarantee if you Rob, pull up that re- Rob, resume, so I guarantee if you pull up that resume, you won't find you won't find a, a, a standard name that anybody knows that he's fought and beat since then. That's one thing. The second uh, thing is Abril I needs to be on the milk carton box as well because he he has been nowhere to be found. So really, this is just the stay busy, uh, stay busy fight for Fortuna. Is to get his name back in the runnings, and he's going to have an impressive knockout victory to prove once again that he is top competition.
3: Uh, you heard uh, it here can first. Can you tell me too. what the injury was, uh, Rob? Can you tell me what the injury was exactly?
2: It was a freak accident, okay? It was okay, just a so freak accident.
3: <laughs> You see what I'm talking about, Lucas. You see the bullshit, right? Okay. It's a freak Yeah, but it never said what the injury actually was.
1: Look, When it comes down to it, I I want you both to to pick a winner for this one. Usually we don't do such uh, deep undercard uh, predictions, but I got to get your feel for it. Rob, how do you see it going? I mean, I I assume you're already picking Fortuna because you're calling Bo Gare a warm-up. Um though so how you see it?
2: It's a knockout victory. Knockout If he wants to get into the rounds, he'll take it into the deep waters, maybe eighth, ninth round. But I think he can get him out of there in six. Bo Boguer. Boguerre's never been
1: knocked out. Not only that, Bogare's actually killed a man in the ring. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm going with Bogare. I <laughs> think too. I think Fortuna's on his way out, dude. I do. I think Fortuna's kind of gave up. Um oh. honestly, I mean, he he lost to Easter pretty bad. Um I know it was a split decision, but I thought he was losing pretty bad. Um I didn't see it as close as some of the other people did. Um Granados was landing bombs on him and he looked for a way out. And we're going to see him look for another way out against Bogare. Honestly, um, if he doesn't – some other freak happening doesn't happen, I fully expect at least a unanimous decision <laughs> for for Bo Gare.
3: Another freak yesterday, right? right? Oh, I'm going with Bo Gare because I actually did get to see him on the Chitlin' uh, um, circuit, I guess, at the Cosmo in Las Vegas on a Mayweather promotions card, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's the Chitlin' circuit now, apparently. But um, <laughs> when he was in that fight, he hadn't lost his line yet. Somebody stole his line, I heard, apparently. He said that somebody stole the line here. Guys, that was messed up. But um, anyway, in that fight, he he had to dig deep for that win that he got in that fight. So I, I, I suspect that Fortuna uh, might not be ready for all that right now. Yeah, it's, out out
1: of- <laughs> it's also the style for Bogare may play a part into it. I mean, he's not going to stand still and let a, let fortune swing on him like that. He actually has some good movement, it's decent power, decent speed. He's just well uh, more well-rounded, I believe. But. Uh, yeah.
3: Oh, but I will say this. Um, when you were saying that you thought the Easter fight, you thought the Easter one, I did think that that was close. I actually, I'm going to go with Rob, went, I'm going to let you know that I thought that um, it was much closer. Um, and, yeah, I, I kind of thought that Fortuna was getting, um, getting how can I say it, close to defeating Easter. So he got saved on that one to me.
1: <laughs> okay. <Yeah.
3: laughs>
1: that's, that's what boxing's good, though. You know, we all see things differently.
3: Yeah. Um, well, who else is on the card?
1: We also got Erickson Lubin
3: versus oh, Isha yeah. Smith. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. I'm liking that fight. I really yeah. am. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Yeah. Because Isha so you that but He doesn't remember that you fought him.
1: I, I've always liked Lubin. Um, definitely a friend-friendly fighter. And uh, Ishe's known not to be in the past, but, you know, obviously he's world-class. He's He's been a champ before. Um, good chance he'll be a champ again. And uh, it was a good, solid junior middleweight bout. Uh, I expect some fireworks from that one as well. And he's been, uh, been that right.
3: gym working out hard, too. He's been working on a few things. So... You know, some people in in, a, in one of the gyms that I visited, um, they were talking about this fight Lubin has coming up. And, um, you know, basically he's been – this is a good fight for him because it's going to be more of a step-up fight, but not too much of a step-up, as in Charlo. I think somebody was rushing him at that time. So I think the kid is good. I still think he has the good – so I'm going to be – I'm I'm going to go for uh, Lubin. I'm going to go for uh, youth over uh, experience. Although, Ishe, I give you that word. You're going to look like you was in something when you get out of the ring with Ishe.
1: Yeah. I mean, Ishe's a solid dude. I don't know if Lubin's going to be able to get him out of there, but if he does, it's definitely going to be a late-round stoppage. He's not going to be knocking him out in the early rounds. Um, Eshay's a solid guy. And I fully expect Lubin to win, but it's either going to be a decision or, like I said, a late-round stoppage. Uh, Rob, who are you like in that
2: one? Look, I'm conflicted in this fight, very conflicted in this fight, because <laughs> I absolutely agree with you, Secure. I believe that Lubin was rushed in his decision on fighting um, Charlo, not to mention the fact that I think he was extremely nervous like the nerves of that kid, he was very stiff. And uh, Charlo saw saw that from early, and he got the kid out of there quick. So I think he was rushed, and it was a premature um, performance. So I really think right. that he does have upside. He has a lot of potential, and I think he was able to learn from that loss. With that being said,
3: though,
2: I bet – against Ishe Smith time after time after time, and he always wins those fights. I'm very hesitant to bet against eshay Smith this time around because just when you think the guy is dead, he's like those old horror movies. You remember that old horror movie, The Shocker? <laughs> the guy was shocked uh, dozens of times throughout this movie, and he just kept coming back to life. That's Ishay Smith in a nutshell. So really it's hard for me to pick against Ishay in this type of fight because this kid is still very young and hasn't had that much experience. And Ishay's gonna pull out every trick in the book to win this fight because he mm. he's just that he, he, he gets that hunger in him. So really okay. I think that uh it could be a draw. Surprisingly, it could be a draw. I think if it is, you guys would call bullshit on the judges. But it's going to be a very close (laughs) decision, possibly split decision victory for Isha Smith.
1: um,
2: (laughs) You got awful
1: uh, detail there with that prediction there, Ron. I appreciate (laughs) that. Um. Now, we we got to go back. We we already kind of talked about this upcoming weekend, but now we got to go back this past weekend. We were all wrong. We all kind of dog Kovalev. We all kind of said oh. we think he's done. And this man came out and just with-zipped Alvarez. Just said, you know what? I did overtrain myself, and the excuses I'm saying are not just excuses. That's actually what happened. And I believe him after the way he gave uh, Alvarez that work. Man, he just. <laughs> uh very <laughs> impressed. And yeah. just made me made me eat my own words. Um you guys think Kobe back in the mix of things and is he ready for another big fight?
0: <laughs>
3: oh, I I love Cove in that fight. But you know, I'm still I, and, and I'm and I'm excited that he won. Like I'm very happy that he won that that fight. Um my only concern is that I felt that Alvarez was um, looking for that one shot again, and he spent, instead of boxing him the way that he did last time and trying to set some traps for Cole, instead it seemed like he was just looking for this one shot the entire night, which, you know, basically when, when Cole's jab is on point and that thing is stiff and, ooh, nice, I mean, he just has a beautiful jab. When he's on with that, it's kind of hard for you to, like, have a chance to get any type of hook or special shot you might have thought you had going for you. So, um, although I love that win, I did feel feel like, you know, there's a chance that it was mainly because of the opponent not doing what they needed to do um, to, to, to be more competitive. Enough. Yeah, uh, it's
1: maybe a way. So you you'd rather see the rubber match then, team finish
3: it
1: up. No, nope. <laughs> he won. That's what
3: I it's you, at she said, no, no, no. I don't want to see that again. Seriously, I think it's okay for Cole to match up with someone different, and let's go from there. I mean, I was shocked when he actually called out some of the, you know, champions in the division now. So. um, I didn't think that he would be wanting to press that new generation of talent <laughs> that's out there, but um, you know, apparently he says he's ready for it. So you got to give up more kudos for Kovalev. I mean, if he's willing.
1: I mean, yeah, you can't you can't deny any of the top names uh, that Kovalev has, whether it's uh, the guy who just put Adonis Stevenson in a coma, um, Khabib. I can't even know how to say that, but.
2: Go sick, uh, go sick,
1: I
3: think. Go sick.
1: Alexander, I'll say his first co uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's either Kovalev versus him, amazing fight. Kovalev versus Bevel, amazing fight. Uh, Kovalev, Betterbeef, better be Uh amazing mm-hmm. fight. Kovalev, Brown, Marcus Brown, amazing fight. Um, Help, Badu Jack, I want all of that. That all sounds good to me. In fact, the white heavyweight division is very underrated right now. Yeah. There are some fights to be made in that division. Um,
0: we just take a
1: whole bunch I, of names. I mean, I'd like to see, like, those tournaments that they used to bring, you know, the, back in six? the day. Yeah. Man, let's
3: have a this Super a six, 6
1: white heavyweight. I mean, that's oh. what I'm wanting. Mm.
3: Uh, I that, like it.
1: That would clean up. <laughs> um
3: and it was on Showtime too. So Showtime, you need to be listening to us. We want another super six. Okay. Andre Ward. Hey, come on out. Let's let's see you in the mix too.
0: You know uh, you yeah. want to get
3: off that bench and stop stop commentating, okay? And and get back in that ring. I could I could hear it in his voice the other night too, guys. Did you guys hear that?
1: Oh yeah, Ward's not done. He ain't done. <laughs> You can kinda hear the fire still in him, like you said. I mean he's he's still <laughs> chomping at the bit. I think he's he's just looking for an excuse. He'll be back. Right. Yeah. He, he's the fighter is, is not gone in him yet. He's still got it. Um and I'm I'm hoping he does. He's made uh threats almost I would say to uh go up and take a heavyweight title. Um I don't know if he will but I could see it. He can work his way up. Um, I
3: know we were talking about how we would love to see him come back and then just, you know, take on someone like a, a Usyk that wants to move up to heavyweight or uh, or some take out somebody that thinks they all that and then come to find out it's like wow Andre Ward what's their damn ass.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. I love to see that. <laughs> um, oh. but let's—we let's, only got a little bit left, so I want to—I want to touch on this Canelo thing. So Canelo went up, and as we all predicted, won against Rocky Fielding, and then did what? Vacated the damn title this week. Right. <laughs> gave it right back. What, what's the point?
3: No, no. Like, like, let's not even go there. Let's go to the fact that he's going to try to <laughs> write in his contract, you know, a weight, a rehydration clause after all the rehydrating he's done in his lifetime of fighting. And after you just drop, you know, basically after you just vacated a belt in a higher division, like, why are you worried about how rehydrated Danny Jacob's
1: game. Exactly. You can't it can't really get more ridiculous than that right there. <laughs> How are you gonna win a belt and a title above what you're about to fight in and then ask for a rehydration limit?
3: And his fans
1: <laughs> are worse than he is because the fans were all saying, Oh no, that's the IBF ten pound rehydration clause. No. The IBF rehydration clause do not count when it's a unification fight. And you better believe in this fight against Jacobs, you got the IBF, the WBA, and the WBC title all in the line. So.
3: And not only that, who's gonna what? What sanctioning body is gonna tell Canelo what weight or you know any any details like that with the type of money he brings in? Like right. it's basically he, him and Oscar's decision. Nobody's gonna say no. We you know we can't have that. You, you know, that clause in there, or you've got to have some clause in there. Like, that is not happening.
1: Oh, yeah. Canelo's reaching already Mayweather-type things where he's going to start negotiating, oh, you can't wear those type of gloves. Now I I want a bigger Mm -hmm. ring so I can can move, I can run a little bit if I need to. (laughs) Um, I don't like that referee. You ain't giving me Kenny Bayless, you know, give me somebody else. (laughs) Uh, Actually, Kenny Bayless would probably be more his – don't give me Tony Weeks.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but but he's getting yeah. on that level now where everything's a negotiation and he's going to try to find any little thing he can do to win that's not just a legitimate fighting style in the ring.
3: I mean, he just, he just irritates me to no end. And like you said, his Cinnabon fans, they are just like on board for whatever – Whatever, whatever. Like, I mean, they will make up for him till the end of time, and and now it's like they don't believe that Jacobs has a chance to win at all. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting all that when I'm on my um my social media uh, tough talking, <laughs> and now it's you know, oh Jacobs, he has no chance at all. Oh, he's not gonna be able to do anything with the superior boxing of. I'm like, what are you
2: talking about? (laughs) So I, I actually feel that against Triple G to absorb that power and to be able to come back from a knockdown like he did, he needed the extra weight. I feel like it's to his advantage in this fight for him not to gain the extra weight and have the rehydration clause because it makes him more elusive in the ring. And Danny Jacobs is a hell of a boxer. He showed that against Triple G. So I actually think that's to his advantage now because this might actually allow him to maneuver around the ring without that extra weight more better. So I like I, like yeah, I mean, this for, for huh? him in, in, in his advantage. Who are
3: we talking about for whose
2: advantage, Canelo or Jacob? No, for okay. Jacobs, because to me, he needed, like I said, he needed the cushion, he needed the, the, the extra weight to try to um, get that to his advantage against Triple G. But with Canelo, he needs to be elusive. He needs to lose that weight and be more elusive and maneuver around the ring and be more of a slick, Type of boxer instead of a heavier boxer, bullying boxer, because that don't work with Canelo.
1: I agree with well, you there. I, I think,
2: be... yeah, I think
1: he needed to kind of be uh, bulkier and more of a tank type fighter when it came to Golovkin. He had to take those big shots. And uh, against Canelo, I mean, yeah, Canelo punches hard, but he's he's not a Golovkin hard. Um, and that's been proven over.
2: Look
1: at his knockout. Well, he's
3: slower, him. yeah. Yeah. And he can be outboxed. We've seen it. Well, Triple G, I mean, yeah, I mean, he gained the weight for Triple G fighting, and then yet and still he was still able to slip and slide, too. Yeah. like He was doing a lot of slick boxing then as well. I mean, I actually thought, I thought that Jacobs won that fight with Triple G. But as he pointed out, he wasn't the A-side, and there wasn't a big – K Day waiting for him with Canelo. So he understood the the quotation mark decision.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. But I was no, just saying.
3: To secure that win. I'm
2: just saying, look at look at Canelo's fights where he's not really where he's not the bully and he's not really doing good. Lara, he lost that fight. Care what y'all say. <clears throat> Austin Trout. Floyd Mayweather. So yeah, I actually think that's than Danny Jacobs advantage. Better yet,
1: I think if Amir Khan had a chin, Amir Khan would have beat his ass. He would have mm-hmm. yeah, Mr. decision. Thank you.
3: Yeah, he was he, yeah he was tagging him for real. He giving
1: him the heat. I mean.
3: Oh.
1: I, I... We all know I'm not really all that huge on Canelo. Don't, don't get me wrong. He's a very talented kid, and I think he's getting better each time he fights. But y'all sleeping on Danny Jacobs because Danny Jacobs is one of the only other people to give Golovkin a fight.
0: And, mm-hmm.
1: and I mean, a close fight at that. Um Now, I still had GG winning. I think the knockdown actually sealed it for him with that one point because I had it very close. But... um Without the knockdown, the draw. I mean that's that's how I would have seen it. But he y'all sleeping on him. I mean he he hasn't really lost a fight since. And yeah. But first I mean, of
3: all first of all, why are you saying we sleeping on Danny? No, I'm I'm saying Danny has a chance.
1: No, I'm saying I'm more saying- fans. I know. I know what you're saying. Oh, I would okay. meaning mean more of the fans yeah. are sleeping on him. Because it seems like, like you said, that nobody's really given him a shot. And I'm like, what do you? What else do you want? He went up, and and since then, since Golovkin taking out one, two, three undefeated fighters, three undefeated. I, I don't I know didn't what else even you know want
3: that. I, I
0: didn't even know they were
1: undefeated. <laughs> they were Luis Arias. But- Uh, Selecki or whatever you say that and the big, long Sergei Derevyanchenko.
2: They were all undefeated. They were (laughs) undefeated. But let's not forget this fact, too, that he has Chris Algeri in the corner. Chris Algeri is a master nutritionist. So, even with the rehydration cause, guys, it's not going to mean anything because he Loses the weight and he's able to rehydrate in the way that he wants to. So I think he rehydrated to to get that extra pounds to take the punishment from Golovkin. I think Canelo saying, "Hey, you got to have a rehydration clause." Yeah, sure. I want to be thinner in this fight because you want to be elusive when you fight Canelo.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Rob. I think you're right, and I think it actually does pay a part in his benefit, not his weakness, but. Um, I'm going to end it there. I really can't say much better than that. Um, for uh, Sakura and for Rob, I want to thank Mark Reyes Jr. for coming on the show. And I wish him good luck this upcoming uh, next weekend there. And, uh, again, my name is Lucas. Check us out at heavybagboxing.com. And, again, next Thursday right here on Blog Talk Radio. Good night, fight fans.